I find what holds people back the most is they just don't say yes. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. It's been an incredible year launching this podcast. And I'm so grateful to all the guests who spoke so candidly about their careers, their personal lives, and best of all, writing in the books they dream of creating or have created. Since I'm going to take the month of December off and share some of the best of episodes on social, for this final episode of 2020, I'm going to give you as my end of year holiday New Year's gift, a sneak peek and glimpse into some of my world of book coaching. I've given this talk, The Biggest Message in the Book, a couple times to private groups, and I will tell you, it is the fire that launches the book rocket. My teachings and what I speak on in this talk consist of what I see as the foundational, fundamental, and essential recipe to create and launch the writing of a best-selling book. I don't mess around. This is straightforward. You do this work before you even endeavor to write a book, and you will be set on the right path to have your life changed as an author. It's magic, it's rigorous, and it's deeply honest. When you're a published author, you up-level the conversation you're part of and enter a whole new room. So without further ado, I bring you the bigger message in the book. So the talk is the bigger message in the book. And I called called it that because, you know, we do have to drill down and get into what that bigger message is before we steamroll forward. I find what holds people back the most is they just don't say yes. And it sounds so simple, but that's where you get the most argue. Well, how am I supposed to say yes when all these other things will just say yes, and then everything else will fall into place. And it always does because the universe is ready to start to get rid of some of the stuff that is clogging up your time to make room for something that can bring you to another level in your life and your business. So let's get into some of the special sauce here for developing your ideas of a book. And here's the greatest part about this. You can do this for 20 minutes and you can realize you don't want to write a book or you could do it for 20 minutes and be like, Oh my God, I know exactly why I have to write the book. It's designed that way to really empower the people that are ready to go that just need that extra nudge to tell their story. So the first thing Where did I come from that people will relate to? What I often do is I have clients or potential clients or just anyone that comes to me and says, how do I know whether I should write a book? I ask them to spend 10 minutes, just set a timer and really lean into where did I come from that people relate to? Now, the first reaction is, well, I don't really want to write about my childhood. Like, what does my childhood matter? And it's like, well, I mean, your childhood actually probably reveals a tremendous amount about how you were raised, the values you were given about money, 
traumas you might have experienced, things you might have witnessed with your parents. We're given these beliefs when we grow up, you know, when we're raised. Think, you know, we see and hear a lot in our childhood, teenage year, and even young adult experiences. Um, you know, even someone who's 35 or 40, you're shaped by what you experienced in your childhood. And this is a wonderful way to experience that. It doesn't always have to be childhood, though. It could be a certain profession that you were doing, and then maybe you left, something that didn't work out for you, something that you had a um, tough moment with. Um, And so I, I just urge people to take a little bit of time and to write about this and find out where it is, because this is creating the unique you. Nobody wants to just write a blanket book that a million other people have written. Those end up as doorstoppers, right? Those are those books that you give out at the networking events and someone throws in the trash before they even get to their car at the parking garage. You do not want to write those books. Okay, that's a waste of time. The next question is, why do I do in my profession, what do I do in my profession that is unique and people comment on all the time that's special to me. So you want to look in and see what is it that I do in my business or in my profession that people always say, you know, when I call you up, you always have a a, a wise word for me. Or I love that you have the perspective uh, from a small town. I was from a small town and I, I can relate to that story of yours, right? Maybe it's something they read on a website or maybe it's something you said at a networking event or a talk. So you really want to look and see what is unique to you. And if it's not in your profession, then chances are this is going to guide you to what we call later in this talk, an inciting incident, which is that launch experience that you have that a lot of people wrap their book around. So this is just a broader desire and dream before we drill down even deeper. So the third prompt that I have people write on is really important to get yourself to that place of empowerment. Okay, you've always wanted to write a book and you want to explore the feelings behind stepping up to that place of power, but you're stuck in the why. You're stuck in your ego wants to keep you safe. Your ego is like, we don't need to talk about that stuff. That's irrelevant. We don't need to go to that place because you've been in a box and maybe you've served yourself fairly well in the box and things are going well, but yet at the same time, you're uncomfortable. You're like, I know I feel like I'm supposed to go to another level and I don't know how to get there and something's holding me back. This is the process of working that out. So you want to look at some of those inner critics. You want to look at who told you you can't be creative? Who told you that you weren't a writer? You know, what are the stakes if you write a book? Really look at some of the stakes that you're setting up for yourself. People set up really big stakes. Before we continue... Let me ask you something. Do you want to get naked with your story, but you're scared? Well, you've been listening to all these amazing guests that I have on my show. Bear their soul and tell their stories. And some of them have even written books. Now it might be your turn. With five ways to get naked with your story, I provide a safe and quick solution 
that really will only take about 30 minutes of your time to work through some of your story in a new way. I promise you, it'll be fun, it'll be easy, and you will have moments of enlightenment. So go to a storyinside.com backslash naked to get started and know I'm here for you. And now back to our amazing guest. First time authors jump over all the time is the reader avatar and they forget to really sink in to who they're writing for. And one of the biggest mistakes is they think they're writing for everybody. I can't tell you how many times I've said to people, well, who's your audience? Like, what's the age? Like, oh, 25 to like 70. And I'm like, how can you possibly appeal to people from 25 to 70? It just, it just, I'm not, I mean, maybe like, let's go for that someday. You know, if you want to write like To Kill a Mockingbird, but you know, it's, it's grounding in, in the beginning to who your champion audience is. You have to find a champion audience who then rises you up and exposes you to the rest of the world. You need cheerleaders. And the best way to get cheerleaders is to really drill down that age group. I mean, I'm talking 38-year-olds, 38 to 45, 45 to 52, and really understand what goes on that you've seen in that span of years in your personal experience, and also the people that you want to write to. There is a book called The Mad Woman in the Volvo by Sandra Lowe. And she's a hysterical um, writer who talks about the craziness of menopause. And until someone gave me that book, I thought I was the only one behaving in that way. <laughs> you know, she's, she's hysterical. And someone gave me that book and it's like literally for someone who's like, just turned 50. You know, it's like, like that, just that moment where you're like, this is going to change. Oh no, not so much for people that are 57 who have like, they've got it already. Like they're in it now. Like they understand. Right. So it's being really specific gender. We write differently for men than we write to for women. And if you want to write a book for both genders, it takes a, a very skilled writer to do that. So I always suggest to people that are writing their first book to pick one gender. And then um, if they have more masculine energy as just a woman in general, a woman writer, then it might skew over. But I would definitely write for one gender. Um, You want to know what keeps them up at night. And you want to have that in your mind all the time. Because that is what keeps the pages turning. They want you to keep giving them solution till the very, very end. And we're going to go through how you map that out. But it's it's like you've got to keep that top of mind all the time. Writers tend to be like, well, I established it in the first two chapters. And now I'm going to go off and just tell all these stories and have all these like great philosophies. And the, and the reader feels like you, you kind of dumped them. So you want to always keep that in mind. What they seek to learn from you also has to be reiterated. Um, 
And there's all different beautiful ways of doing that in memoir and self-help and how-to and blend books that are nonfiction with some memoir in them. There's so many different ways to roll that out. It's a really exciting time in the book market because we've entered a space where things lines are blurred a little bit and people are doing a lot of hybrid books. So there's a lot more ways to, to accomplish that depending on your voice and, and who you are. So the inciting incident is um, its kind of everything in the book. It's that moment that people talk about when they tell someone about your book. They're like, oh, there was this scene and I can't forget it. And it's like when I knew this writer was writing this book for me. And the inciting incident is not always like the divorce or the trauma or the operation or, you know, the fight. It's sometimes the moment before. It's sometimes the moment after. It's sometimes some innocuous event that happened in a pharmacy two weeks prior. It's that deepening and that heart moment where something changes. It's a catalyst, right? And it's driving that why forward. So now we're getting really specific on that relatability and we're getting really specific on what makes you special and unique? Because now you're going to expose a part of your story and a part of who you are. And this is something that people tend to take from their book, The Inciting Incident, and they tend to put it into a signature speech, or uh, they tend to make it part of like a elevator talk. They cut up pieces of it so you can take your book and you can really use this moment to go out. It's usually at the back of the book cover, um, the inciting incident. Also inciting incidents can be repetitive, like stories my mother told me, or I moved many times, or I had 10 boyfriends. You know, these are ways that authors can break up the evolution of their book. So the inciting incident is the why of the story, but it's it's the drilling down, right? So people can accept the why if they have the same issue, but then you go to the next level and you tell the story that makes your book unique. So then I ask people to do book themes and a book theme is the main idea of the book. And it's conveyed using, you know, characters and settings and dialogue and basically all the elements of, of storytelling. And I ask people to be very uh, specific as possible with their themes and not go broad. And the reason why is that's where the gems lie in your book. You know, if someone says, I want to write a book about love, it's like, well, is that you know, love after divorce? Is that single mom love? Is that, you know, um, same gender love? Like get really, really specific. I want to write about depression. Well, is that depression after losing a, a parent? Is that depression uh, without using uh, medicine? Like, what is that? So what you want to do is you want to write down five themes that you think your book's about. And then you're going to write down 20 moments and then you're going to connect them. And if they don't connect, you're going to kill them. Like I say here, you're going to dump the dogs. So if anything that doesn't connect, it needs to go because I'm going to tell you it's going to end up on the editing floor anyway, and it's going to cost you time and money.
So it's like kind of a big soup, but eventually all the pieces, what doesn't fit is going to stand out. There you have it. The bigger message in the book, the whole system works together to create a final understanding of the book you want to write. It takes work and contemplation and writing to understand the story inside you. But if you have a dream, it's worth every minute. We love our guests on You Should Write a Book About That. If you know someone who should or can write a book and they are the perfect guest for us, reach out to us at info at astoryinside.com. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big shout out to our listeners on CastBox, where you can leave a comment and I will personally respond.